Welcome back to Divorce Confessional. My voice is a little out of it today, um, but I still really wanted to do an update. Um, One of my lovely followers reached out to me, and I want to publish her comment here. Um, To be honest, I didn't actually think anyone was listening. Um, So I didn't do an update, but I was wrong, and yeah, so I'm back. Um, I've been having bronchitis for about a month now, and I get it a lot, but if my voice sounds a little funny, you know why, I just sound extra gravelly, (laughs) but um, here's my updates in September, and I'll go ahead and get started. So I believe my last update in September was all about um, me unplugging from social media and how that was a good decision. I'm still off most of it. You know, sometimes I'm on Instagram. um, Sometimes I'm on Snapchat. But beyond that, I'm really not on anything. Um, And that's been really, really helpful, really healing. Um, But since September... Was it? Yeah, it was September... Um, I've really taken a step back because everything ramped up with my divorce. I went from, you know, not having, and let me backpedal a bit. Like a lot of times when you're divorcing, um, people assume it's fast. It's not fast, at least not in the United States, not in my, my state, my county, Um, The courts are often booked out months in advance, so even if we were to have a hearing on anything, we would likely schedule it, you know, in summer for our date in November. That's what happened to me, because that's the earliest you can get in. Um, We'll throw a narcissist into the mix, like my soon-to-be ex or someone with, you know, money to burn, willing to just drag it out. Um... A lot of people like him are going to use the courts to harass you, really, especially when it comes to being a single mom with kids. Um, If they have a pride issue or if, you know, they are so hurt that you are leaving them, in my experience and from what I've seen and read, they will use the courts to drain you, you know, emotionally, financially every last penny and I'll tell you right now like as a single mom um my son is five and he has special needs um he's autistic um I gave up a lot of my career to stay home with him and you know here I am finalizing my divorce in my state and for all that my ex put me through you know filing unnecessary motions Um, continuances, keeping it going, you know, trying to force my hand, I have had to save and scrounge up close to $12,000. Like, that's a lot. That's a whole lot. It should have been simple. It should have been easy. You know, he's not a billionaire. We didn't have these crazy assets, but he wanted to fight me on everything, tooth and nail, everything, Things that were mandated, you know, the courts had to give me. He still wanted to see that litigated. And, you know, 
um, in the hopes that I guess I wouldn't be able to afford my attorney. So, um, I didn't have a lot of help paying for all that, you know, uh, at the end, here I am, you know, all my resources depleted, all, all our son's resources depleted, um, and that was really hard for me because I'm a saver, I'm a planner, I like not being in debt, I don't own a credit card, you know, um, that's just not me, and so the past couple months have been really, really hard, but I will say you know, I'm, I'm a believer in God. I have faith and I believe that, you know, God has put me through certain things that I didn't think were possible. Like he has opened doors where I did not see it coming, um, in order for me and my son to be okay. And I see that a lot, you know, you know, in the marriage and the relationship for a lot of women, if you're thinking about, Oh my God, how am I going to leave? You know, I'm a stay at home mom or I only work part-time, or my career isn't as influential as my husband's. You know, we're girls. This is this is our life. Um, most women give up a lot when they have kids, and so um, it's real hard for us to get back on our feet. And I just want to applaud all the women out there, but I also want to tell them, you know, if you're in an abusive marriage or relationship, and maybe you're thinking it, or maybe your significant other has told you, it's like, well, how you don't have a job. How are you going to pay for the kids? How are you going to survive on your own? I've always done the money. How are you going to do this? Or you're terrible at fixing things around the house. How are you going to be a single parent? And I just want to say, it's like, those are lies. Those are falsehoods. Don't listen to that. Even if it's in your own head. And... <coughs> What I've seen, sorry, um, what I've seen in my own life and with myself is a big, a big shift, a big change, you know, now that he's not here and he's been moved out over a year now, um, I'm so used to the abuse that I still abuse myself. I still talk down to myself in my head. I'm still mean to myself. And I think it's because it's familiar, you know, after seven, eight years of being with a person, that abuse, that negative thought pattern, even if he's not telling you you're bad, if he operates like you're stupid, and that's what my ex did too, you know, apart from all the verbal abuse and whatnot, he would operate his life like I was too incompetent. And, and that really hurt me. That really sunk in psychologically. And that really kept me there. It's like, I don't know if I can leave him because this, this, and this. Or I think that's a thought pattern a lot of us fall into. And I just want to recognize it for what it is. And that's, you know, the continued abuse. This is a result of being in an abusive relationship. This is not you. This is not where you're at. This is not say anything, you know, about you personally, because this is a skewed view of you from your abuser. And even if they're not there and not saying it, you could still be thinking it towards yourself. And I just encourage you, if that's you, you know, check those thoughts, check those emotions at the door and be like, you know what I've had to do. It's like, that's not me thinking. That's not helpful. It's not true. You know, this is residual. And 
um, I've noticed a lot of things are residual, a lot of emotions, a lot of pain. Um, I would even go so far as to say it's complex PTSD. I get triggered a lot of times, you know, when I'm in an environment and usually it's a guy not, not intending to be mad, like mean or abusive, but if I'm in a group of friends and one of my guy friends gets mad, all of a sudden I get like really on edge. Even if it's stupid, like let's say he's mad and he just got a text that, you know, his car was going to be in the shop another day. Totally justified, not abusive, not weird, but still that triggers me, you know, guys raising their voice, even if it's to laugh at a joke or something like that triggers me. Um, and I just have flashbacks. I have, you know, the sweaty palms, just feeling like I'm on edge, um, because of my ex. And it's a lot of, when you get out of that abusive situation, I didn't know I would be dealing with, you know, the repercussions, the aftershock kind of, that's what I call it, um, from PTSD or complex PTSD, which is just essentially PTSD, but there are more instances. It's not just one event. It happened over, you know, a span of months or years or, you know, different incidents that triggered you that that make for a real complex healing process because you don't know what's going to trigger you. You don't know your, your feelings on any given day. Um, so that's, that's been a real challenge. And I just wanted to speak a little on that. Um, my next update, I'm going to take a break cause my voice is kind of dying. <laughs> um, but my next segment to this episode is going to be more on the legal aspect and what actually went down and happened in court. Um, so yeah. And I just want to, you know, in the beginning of the episode, just take time to encourage you guys, you know, if you're out there and you identify and you feel this way, just know that you are worth, you are worth it. You are worth a life where you're not in fear. You are worth love you are worth being treated and reacted to in love. You're not this broken person. You know, you are this whole complete person yourself. You don't need your spouse, your boyfriend, your significant other. You know, feel free to reverse the gender terms if it's the opposite and you're a guy or, you know, you're in a same-sex relationship. It's the same thing. It's You are greater than what's happened to you, what's happening to you. And you possess everything you need to leave. And I know that's hard to hear. And I know it's like, oh my God, why is she telling me this? <laughs> um, it's like, even if I don't know you, I know that you're worth being treated with respect because that's what every, every single person deserves that. And I just want to, you know, uplift and encourage you that, you know, you have all the resources you need to leave, even if you have nothing. You know, there are so many government things I've relied on. You know, Social Security, food stamps, um, my local chapter of the W, um, the women's YMCA, YWCA here that, it, you know, I just 
talk to people there and they they hooked me up with all these numbers and all these resources of people I can call you know if I'm struggling with food or I, I just need some time or you know free counseling anything you know there are um, luckily enough if you live in the U.S. there are resources available to you and some of those are surprising some of those are amazingly helpful even though they're free and it's like you know, if you start talking and reaching out, you have no idea the amount of people and um, total strangers who will be willing to come aside uh, alongside you and just encourage you and help you, give you honest, honest to God, you know, physical help through this situation. And I just encourage you to reach out and do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take a break and then come back and talk about my legal battle. That was fun. <laughs> Hello there, Claire. My name is Cherry. <laughs> um, I started a podcast about four months ago, and um, I listened to a few of your episodes already. Very interesting. I'm actually in the same boat as you, and um, I was just wondering why is it that you haven't had any recent um, episodes, you know? There's so many people out there that need to hear your story and you have such wonderful insights and it's going to be very helpful. So I wanted to just reach out and say hello and introduce myself within the community. So um, yeah, get back to me and, um, you know, let's, uh, let's get in touch. I hope you're doing well and I know that you know, these situations are tough. So I, uh, I hope to hear from you soon, Claire. Have a good night. So it's later in the day. I hope my cough's a little better. Um, but I wanted to come back to this podcast and just share a little bit about, you know, the final date and hearing and everything for my divorce. Um, It took, the whole process took a little over a year from when I started trying to get a disillusion to work and the divorce is technically final as of um, earlier in November. However, we're still waiting for paperwork to come in um, from the courts and that might be as late as January. Um, So the whole divorce process took a year and that was a you know, again, six months after we started disillusionment. Um, so about a year and a half total. But everything ended really quick. And, you know, it dragged on, it dragged on. And then all of a sudden I had, like, five court dates in the span of a couple weeks. Some got canceled, some got continued, some got postponed. Um, but finally we had a hearing for the final hearing. And... Um, I had had to agree to a lot of things I wasn't comfortable with, mainly for the end goal. The end goal was so that me and my son could, you know, financially start ourselves off. So there were a few core things me and my attorney had set out that we can't compromise on, and we did not. Um, One being alimony, child support, um, considering my son was special needs, stuff like that. Um, the unfortunate thing about divorcing in America now, 
2018-2019 is that every state is now, um, from what I understand, moving towards shared custody for all situations. As in, it will be very uncommon and very hard for a mom or a dad to ask the courts for sole custody because, you know, in the future, the likelihood of them granting it is going to be really slim. And yes, that goes for um, cases of abuse, cases of sexual abuse. Um, it's not right. And it's something I struggle with a lot, you know, just not having faith in the court system after all that I've been through with it, with my state, with my county. You know, it's very by the book. Honestly, it's very pro-mom compared to other counties. However, just the absolute atrocity of, you know, having to send your kid with someone who might be on drugs or under the influence of something. Basically, my attorney said, you know, if there's no needle in their arm during an actual investigation, kid's going to have to go, you know, over the other parent's house. And not only that, but for extended stays and stuff like that. And an example being Thanksgiving, um, even though I have sole custody right now until it's final, when it will be shared, my ex was still able to take our son out of state to his family's um, something we had sworn against as a couple that we weren't going to do um, because his family's very verbally abusive, very manipulative. Um, they had torn him down to the point where he wanted nothing to do with them. Um, but they're wealthy, so they paid for his part of the divorce, and now he's offering you know, our son up to them as payment, I guess. I don't know. Um, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, him going up out of state is a different podcast. It was the farthest my son's been away from me. Um, probably some of the most scared days I've spent in my entire life. Very upset. I still have bruising on my knees from where I fell down crying at home. And that's just one example, you know, I'm tearing up just thinking about it just in this moment because that's something a lot of people don't realize about divorce and about the process is that as a single mom and especially abusing or divorcing someone who's abusive who you really need to get away from you're gonna the abuse will continue just not in the way it was you know you don't have to live with the abuser you don't have to be married to them but they will you know their arm extends beyond the court system and extends beyond you know, four walls that you used to share together, and, you know, as a, I don't like the term victim, I don't like the term battered woman, but that's what, the term that comes to mind, because it is, you know, these women, and me myself, I just feel so scatterbrained sometimes, because you're living in the state of fear, in the state of okay, I got out of his control, but now what? What's the next hurdle? What's the next thing he's going to do? What's the next thing my child will have to experience, you know, through this person? Um, if you share a child together. And I feel like as in the weeks that my divorce came to a close, 
it was very apparent to me how wrong everything was and how I could do nothing about it. Like, we were here. This is it. This is final. He doesn't have a shot to, like, make things better. He hasn't even tried. He hasn't attempted, you know, to to even make co-parenting better, much less, you know, any sort of legal agreement we could come to. And I just have, I'm still left with a lot of feelings. It hasn't even been a month, probably three weeks since our final hearing date. Um, And I'm still kind of jumbled because it's grief. I think it's when the day comes and it's final and you're just overwhelmed, especially leaving an abusive marriage, it's like, wow, okay, this is over. And it's really hard because that person you thought you'd spend the rest of your life with, the person you had all these hopes and dreams with, all that's dead. You know, all those are dead and gone and you're now looking in in a courtroom with this person who's not even recognizable. You know, they're not who you married they're not who you thought they were they're not the kind of parent you thought they were and it's really hard it's a lot of grief it's a lot of emotions it's a lot of anger a lot of bitterment bitterment (laughs) um bitterness um and that's all I can say about it I've had people ask me it's like well you wanted it you wanted the divorce, you wanted out of it, you should be happy. Well, number one, it's incredibly, I feel like it's invasive for people to say that. Not only is it insensitive, but it just negates what you're going through and how much you had invested in the marriage. It's like, wow, I know I want it out, but it still hurts, but it's still, you know, it doesn't matter who wanted out. It doesn't make it any better. It's just still that pain that for whatever reason it was unfixable. And now you have to navigate the rest of your life without a person you committed to spending the rest of your life with. So I I just can't stand, you know, the comments, the remarks when people think I'm doing better now than I was before. It's just a lot. It's a lot. I've really taken a step back. I've not told anyone what I'm feeling or what I'm telling you guys right now. I'm just not talking about it because to talk about it, I feel like people would look at me like I've got two heads. Like, why are you so upset if this is a good thing? Why are you so hurt by what he did if, you know, he left, he moved out a year ago? And it's just, you know, residual. Um, so the week or two leading up to the final date, Um, they thought we would settle. His end thought we would settle. They thought I would cave in to all their strong arm tactics that I would, you know, bend to basically receiving no alimony, nothing to live on, um, less than I was receiving when we were separated. And, you know, if it wasn't for my son, I would, um, but I couldn't for him. You know, I have to refinance my house to get his name off it. There's things I can't do financially. And um, I gave up everything so he could have a $80,000 a year job, which I found out turned to be $84,000 a year job. Like, day of, we showed up to court, 
um, they resubmitted because he got a raise and everything. And lo and behold, he's making, you know, 10 to four to 10,000 more than I thought he was. Um, but they had countered to us, me and my attorney, probably three to four times that week trying to avoid the court date, even though we had said it six months prior. And, um, me and my attorney were fully prepared to go to court on, to argue for why I needed alimony and why I needed it to help establish myself and my son, get, get us back on our feet. You know, we did trial prep, everything. And we show up the day of court. His attorney's late. It doesn't surprise me. She's really incompetent. Um, but my attorney doesn't waste any time. Like, I give props. My attorney is amazing. Before his attorney even showed up for the final hearing, my attorney ran and filed for him to pay $3,000 towards my court fees. Like, she did that. She wrote up a counter, you know, agreement which is basically us saying, no, we don't accept anything that you're offering. Here's the terms. Do you want to agree to it? Or do we go into the courtroom and does like, do you want the judge to make you agree to it? Because nothing we were asking for was really outlandish. Um, so when his attorney finally got there, they talked about it. They decided to go with it, which surprised me. Um, but it took a lot of convincing. So basically for the final hearing, it wasn't a trial, even though it was set for a trial. We just went in there and was like, okay, we, we agree to everything else. Will the courts approve it? Blah, 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 we're out. Um, so that was a whirlwind day. And then I had to go switch the title of my car and the tags and everything into my name only. And honestly, the past month has been a blur of me paying fees and everything, you know, to switch everything over to my name. And I've never had to do that before. I've always had roommates. So living on my own as the sole, like, guardian and homeowner is really new to me. I've always rented before I got married. You know, this is the first place I bought, and I bought it with him. So it's new, it's scary, you know, I'm just still navigating all this and waiting for him to pay my attorney so I can basically deplete the rest of my funds, making sure that's all debt free. But I don't even know, you know, what to say to you guys, except, you know, here's what happened and this is where I'm at and I'm real overwhelmed and just kind of going through the motions, trying not to panic as I just figure out how to navigate this. And to be honest, I'm trying not to isolate myself, but I haven't let many people in on it. And um, Lately, it's just been a lot of anger. The primary emotions I've been feeling are anger and pain. Anger that he didn't change. Anger that, you know... Through all this, he didn't think we, as in me and my son, were enough to change for, to try counseling, to do any of it. You know, that leaves you with some pretty deep scars, deep hurt. That someone, you know, you pledged your life to, that you gave up everything for, didn't think you were worth that. And that's, you know, really hard to deal with. 
and so I'm just taking time now to heal and to get my head on straight and kind of look at my responsibilities and what I have to do and just take it one day at a time because it is overwhelming to say the least um But I am going to make another podcast, well, two more, actually. Um, The next topic I really need to write down so I remember and do this is my son going out of state, you know, for the holiday. And then I do want to do a separate um, podcast on, I guess, healing and where where I'm at and everything and what I've been learning personally, but here's just an update on, you know, my divorce being almost at the close and just thoughts and feelings. And if this is really, you know, scattered and jumbled, I apologize, but you know, this is how I'm feeling and I want to be honest with that. I'm just kind of still in shock, kind of going through the motions, feeling upset for like no reason except you know all the reasons but it's hard and I just want to let people know and let anyone out there know that I'm thinking of you and if this is you around the holidays you know you're not alone it's definitely hard navigating holidays I found well first when I was newly separated and now that I'm newly divorced it's even more new more scary and I just want to encourage you that if that's you you're not alone you know I'm right here with you I don't know how Christmas is gonna look I don't know if I'm gonna break down Christmas morning I don't know any of it so that's kind of the fun part it's also the scary part but I'll be checking back in more often and I hope to talk to you soon